last couple weeks, we've, we talked about uh, some really big topics. Uh, we talked about meaning in life, and we talked about, uh, that was the first week, really, where do we find meaning? And, and then the second week, we talked about the search for pleasure and the search for happy, happiness, and talked about both of those things, and, and really kind of the idea with both of those things was that it runs out that we can search for meaning in uh, legacy, or we can search for meaning in making a difference, but kind of all the different things that we search for it in ultimately disappoints us or, or doesn't wait, work the way we thought it would work. And, and then last week we talked about the, the search for happiness and how we look for that in work or wisdom or all sorts of great things that Denver has to offer, and, and yet it runs out. And kind of both of those things together, the underlying thing we, we could say that kind of ties it together is just that life uh, doesn't go the way we want it to go. I mean, isn't that true? That life just doesn't go the way that we plan it to go or that we want it to go. And we all have an idea of what we want life to be. Everybody has some idea of, man, this is what I hope my life is like. This is what I hope life will be like for me. And we have that even when we're little kids, people ask us, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? And then as you start to get older and, and you uh, are in high school, you take career tests and in college, you, you think about, man, what do I want my life to be? And we've all got this idea of what we want life to be and what we want life to look like. But if we're honest, we, I mean, we say, man, life isn't quite what I thought it would be. If you look back on your life and where you are today, whatever uh, that, that might be, we can say, man, life isn't quite what I thought it was going to be at this point in my life. I thought I was going to be married, and I'm not married. I thought I was going to have really good, close friends, and I don't have the friends I thought I would have. I thought I would have kids, and I don't have kids. I thought I'd have my dream job. I thought I'd start my own company. I thought I'd, I mean, we have all these different things. You might have thought you would live somewhere. I thought your family would be a different way, and life isn't what we thought that it would be, that life doesn't go the way that we want it to go. And it's not just life in some big sense, but even if you just think about your week, maybe even today, but if you just think about your week, this last week, didn't a lot of things this last week not go the way you wanted it to go, the way you planned it to go? I mean, there's things this morning that didn't go the way I planned it to go. There's things for you, I'm sure, even on the way over here, there's some things that didn't go the way you wanted them to go, maybe you didn't want to be at church today, and you're here, and you're like, this is not what I planned today. I planned on sleeping in. Why am I here? There's all sorts of things, even this last week, that don't go the way we want them to go, right? I know that uh, my wife and I, yesterday, there's this new place that opened uh, called Post Chicken. Maybe some of you uh, were able to go there. It's a fried chicken place, and they have gluten-free fried chicken, and I'm gluten-free. I've got this horrible disease that some of you have. And uh, I, we were like, okay, tomorrow, or you know, this, this is Friday, and I was saying, okay, tomorrow, I'm going to get fried, I'm going to get gluten-free fried chicken. That's going to be, it's going to be a good day. And, I mean, that's, that is a good day, right? And go to Post Chicken, okay? And we show up for lunch, and it's closed. I was like, no, thank you. You guys have sympathy for me. I, I appreciate that. I felt kind of like that, but with a little more anger. And... Um, <laughs> showed up for fried chicken and it 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 had opened it I mean it opened only last it opened this week on Wednesday but they're actually only open for dinner and I was sitting there I was like I can't believe this I checked the website it said it was open I think even Google Maps I think they had it wrong or at least that's what I'm telling myself um, I think that I mean I can't believe this and then as we're sitting there parked just in disbelief and I'm like looking at my phone there's all the trying to look at did I get it wrong and all these other people start showing up and they're looking at their phone and one of the saddest looks on a man's face <laughs> is the depression you feel when you thought you were going to have fried chicken. And you, 
And everybody is looking down like this at their phones, like, I know I had it right. And we seriously, we were there parked, seeing all these people come and like, just looking, this pathetic, sad looks. And that's a silly example. But if you just think about your life just this week, isn't there a bunch of things that didn't go the way you wanted just this week? You had plans and things that you wanted to happen. You, you maybe, I mean, I know we have friends that uh, got sick this week. Nobody plans to get sick. You're not like, oh, Thursday, I think I'm going to be sick. I think I'm going to go in for surgery on Thursday. But people get sick, and you, and you don't plan for that. And, and there's stuff that happens with your family that you didn't plan for. And you, all of a sudden, there's family drama that you didn't even know you were a part of. And, and, and now you are. And you're like, how did that happen? I didn't plan for that. And there's things in work that you don't plan for. And someone gives you a project. And you say, That's, I was planning on leaving early today. And now someone gave me this project. And there's things in school, for those of you that are students, that you didn't know that now you've got this quiz or this paper or you're in a group assignment with somebody that you don't want to be in one with and, and you know that's going to take more work. And there's things that we, even this week, it's almost comical if it wasn't sad sometimes, of things that just don't go the way we plan it to go, right? Life doesn't go the way we want it to go. Life doesn't go the way we want it to go. Not just life, but, but our weeks. So many times during our week, so many times during our day, there's things with money and with work and with fried chicken and with kids and with parents and with family and with friends that don't go the way that we want it to go. And when we look at Ecclesiastes, these next chapter, he has a poem that really is a famous poem. There was a pop song in the uh, late 60s, I think it was, that came out um, by the birds that, that sang this uh, word for word. Actually, it's kind of interesting because they sing it word for word, except for they add turn, turn, turn. You, uh, you should know the song I'm talking about. But the, the, off, the, the writer actually gave, gives uh, proceeds to every album that sells or you know, every song to Israel uh, because he's like, well, I kind of ripped it off from the Old Testament. So he gives proceeds to every it's interesting fact. So anyways, here's the, here's the, here's the poem um, that he really talks about all the good stuff in life, but then there's also a bunch of bad stuff in life. And life isn't the way we plan it to go. It's not all the good stuff. It's there's this good stuff, but there's also the bad stuff that we don't plan for. And here's, here's the poem. Here's what he says. Ecclesiastes 3, um, and we'll cover the first handful of verses, but today we'll go through verse 15. And he says this, for everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek, and a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to cast away, a time to tear, and a time to sow, a time to keep silence, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. And, and here's what he's getting at in this poem. If, if you, you, we can read it like this. There's a time for this and a time for this. And, and here's what he's saying. There will be a time for these things. There will be a time for birth. And there will be a time for death. And there will be a time that you are laughing and you're, you're laughing so hard that you're crying. There's going to be a time that that happens. And there will be a time that you are crying and weeping morning. There will be a time that you are feasting and celebrating, and then there will be a time that you are doing dishes after the feast and celebration. 
And there will be a time that you're on your honeymoon and it's amazing and glorious. Or there will be a time for your wedding day when it's the best you've ever looked in your life. And there will be a time that your body is falling apart. And there will be a time that you are fighting with your spouse. And there will be a time that you are dancing and living life up to the fullest. And there will be a time that you are aching so bad that you can't even move. That's what he's saying. There will be a time that these different things happen. And of course, we want to plan our life in the way that we want our life to go is everything on the good part of the poem. We want the laughing and the dancing and the feasting and the birthing and all of those things. But the other part of life, it's not what we want. But what the author is telling us is there will be a time that these things happen. That life is predictably unpredictable. Life is predictably unpredictable. That if we know one thing about life, we can say this, I know it's not going to go the way I thought it was going to go. I know that today I thought I was going to laugh and instead I'm going to cry. I know that today I thought I was going to be hanging out with friends and they canceled. I know that today I thought I was going to be doing this great thing and instead I got sick. That life is predictably unpredictable. It doesn't go the way that we want it to go. It doesn't go the way that we plan it to go. And oftentimes we think, okay, it's good. We're good. I I reached a good point now. And then something comes up. You think, man, okay, I finally paid the bills, or I I finally found the spouse, or I finally made some friends, and then something comes up, and life doesn't go the way that we planned it to go. It doesn't go the way that we wanted it to go, and sometimes we feel, uh, there's this series on Netflix, some of you probably read it when you were kids, a book series um, that's called A Series of Unfortunate Events, and it's about these three children that basically just have one thing after another keep going wrong over and over and over again. And some of you probably feel like, that's my life. It's just a series of unfortunate events. It's, I, I finally got a job, and then my car broke down, and now I had to pay $2,000 for a new radiator and brakes and tires, and then I finally paid that, and, and then some, you know, the medical bills come up, and then that, and it's just one thing after another it can feel like. that. I, I, what's going on? I'm, I'm planning my life to go like this, but life doesn't go the way that we want it to go. There will be a time that we experience all the different pains that life has. We want life to have all the stuff in the positive column of the poem. But there will be a time for death and for mourning and for things breaking down and all the other things that he mentions. And so let me just spoil your life story. Let me just tell you the ending and the beginning and the middle. Life is never going to be good. Let's pray and close. No, I'm just joking. But what, what I mean is, is this. Not that life just sucks and it's horrible, but life is never going to reach to a point where you go, oh, it's good now. Like I finally kind of came over the hump and now it's good. That's never going to happen because there will be a time when this happens and when this happens and when that happens. And we don't get a, we don't get a plan it. You don't get to say, okay, I'm, I'll be ready for sadness on this day. I'll be ready for death on this day. I'll be ready for things breaking down on this day. We don't get to plan it. The only thing that we know is that life is predictably unpredictable. That life will not go the way that we want it to go. It won't go the way that we plan it to go. It won't go the way that we thought it would go. Not just life in a big sense, yes, but our week. 
that the friend won't call you back, that the bill that you thought you paid didn't get paid, that the appointment you're trying to schedule keeps getting delayed, that the job that you thought you were going to get assigned to, you get redirected to, that the, I mean, it just won't go the way that we plan it to go. There will be a time for frustration and for hurt and for sickness and for pain and for betrayal and for things falling apart. There will be a time that those things happen. So here's a question. How can we then have peace in life? How can we have some sense of peace and some sense of thriving in the middle of a life that doesn't go the way that we want it to go? In the middle of a week or a day that doesn't... How can you, in the middle of your week, when things get thrown off, which is going to happen probably not even this week, probably in a few hours, when things don't go the way that you want them to go, when life doesn't go the way that you want it to go, How can we have some sort of peace, some sense of thriving, even in the middle of a life where there will be a time that there's pain and mourning and death and crying and all the different things that he lists? How can we thrive when life doesn't go as planned? How can we have peace when life doesn't go as planned? And and here's, here's a question to kind of kick us off then. Since life doesn't go as planned, where do we look for peace? Since life, since your week, since your life, since your day, since it doesn't go as planned, where do we look for peace? How can we get it? Where do we look? And here's the next part of what Solomon says. He says, what gain, so after the poem and all, there's going to be a time for this and a time for this and a time for this, he then says, what gain has the worker from his toil? Kind of what's the use? If, if life is just going to have this stuff and this stuff and it's going to have this, I mean, what... If I can't really do anything about it, if I can't get any gain with it, what, what do I gain from all the toil? I've seen the business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. And here's what he's saying with this eternity in, in the heart. He's saying that we, we've got this sense of longing to, to figure it all out. There's this sense that everything is supposed to work together. There's a a sense inside of our hearts that we want to be able to understand why life doesn't go the way we plan it to go, how to figure it out so it does. But even though we've got that eternity, that longing in us to be able to fit it all together and work it all out, and he says, we can't. We can't understand. And so here's really what's underneath that. Since life doesn't go as planned, where do we look for peace. And one of the ways when the author says, man, what gain is there? And that there's this longing to fit it all together and understand it all. One of the ways that we look for peace, since life doesn't go the way we plan it to go, is control. That if I can control things, if I can control things, then maybe there will be some sense of peace. That if I can get some sort of gain if my toil can make it fit together in some way, if, if I can understand it, if I, I mean, doesn't this happen a lot that when we, I mean, I even, even in my silly example of the chicken, that when it didn't go right, I wanted to understand what went wrong. Because if we can understand, then we have some sort of control over things. That one of the ways that we look for peace to experience, since we know life isn't going to go as planned, is, okay, you know what I need then? I need more control. If I can control, yes, okay, life is unpredictable. Yeah, there's going to be a time that this happens and a time, yes, there's going to be a time I laugh and a time I cry. There's going to be a time for birth and a time for death. But if I can can exert 
some sort of control over it all, then maybe I'll be able to have some peace. Maybe I'll be able to have some rest. We feel the shifting of life. We feel that things don't go the way we want them to go. We feel that life is unpredictable. And so as we feel that shift, we want to be able to say, man, if I can control this, then there will be some peace. We feel the disruption in our lives of things changing, not when we expect them to change. It would be one thing if we could read the poem and say, okay, there's a time to weep and a time to laugh, and I'll schedule those. But we can't control it. We feel the disruption of that. And feeling out of control in our lives, feeling, man, nothing goes the way I plan it to go, nothing goes the way I want it to go, nothing goes the way I thought it was going to go in life or in Tuesday, nothing goes the way I want it to happen, as we feel that disruption, as we feel out of control, the response is, if I take control, then there will be peace. If I can take control, then I'll have peace. If I can get the right systems in place, if I can get the right rules in place, then I'll be able to have some control. And we do this with all sorts of things. We do it with our bodies. If I can just eat the right things, and I'm not saying eat bad, but if I can just eat the right things, then my health will be under my control. That's not ultimately true. People that are super healthy get sick. We do it with aging even. If I can control the way I look, maybe I can somehow... Stop the tide of the aging process. We do it with other people in our lives. If I can control what they think about me, or I can control their behaviors, or I can control their response to me, then there will be some peace. If I can put the right rules in place for how to do relationships, or I can put the right rules in place for how to, how to influence and win people, then people will respond to me the way that I want them to respond to me. We do it with people, and we do it with our bodies, and we do it with our schedules. If I can master this, then everything will be fine. But ultimately, what happens? Things don't go the way that we want them to go. Life is unpredictably, or predictably rather, unpredictable. There will be a time when things happen that aren't what we plan to happen. We can feel like if things are planned, if I know what's going to, some of you, this is especially true, if if I know what's going to happen, if I know what's going to happen, then it'll be okay. Sometimes we even psych ourselves up thinking, okay, this is what's going to happen and play it out. Because if I know what's going to happen, then I can have some control over it. And I can feel safe. I can feel emotionally stable if if I know what's going to happen. But but then here's, here's what that results in. Since life doesn't go as planned, we look for peace often in control. If I can control it, I'll have some peace. But it doesn't work, and here's what it creates. It creates, first of all, just an irritability. And we'll kind of go through the spectrum of what it creates, and some of you maybe identify with one more than the other, but it can create just an irritability. What happens, let's not even be hypothetical, what happened this last week? When stuff didn't go the way you planned it to go, when it didn't go the way you wanted it to go, what happened? Oh my gosh, traffic is not, I did not think it was going to be like this. Oh, the, and we get this irritability. 
Oh, I can't believe they canceled. I can't believe I have to wait that long. I can't believe there wasn't a reservation. I can't believe the fried chicken place doesn't open till four. I can't believe that we get irritable just when little things don't go our way. You get irritable because you want control, but it doesn't happen. It doesn't work because life is unpredictable. And then what happens? There's an irritability. Do you when things don't happen the way you want them to happen, even little things, don't, I'm not talking big, giant things, just little things, is there a sense of irritability? Is there a sense of, I can't believe this, this always happens? Or maybe it's more anxiety, that it's not just irritability, but there's this sense of, I, I'll get peace in my life if there's control, but I'm not sure it's going to work. I'm not sure what happens if, and we play those games, what happens if this happens? What do they think about me? What's going to happen at work? What's going to happen from the test results? What's going to happen? So we want control because that's where peace is, but we're not sure. And so there's so much anxiety that we often live with. What if this happens? And what if that happens? And, and sometimes anxiety even manifests as a sorrow. I remember uh, recently I was able to uh, be with some friends and celebrate and had a great time. And, and then just afterwards, I just had this weird feeling that came over me of something bad's going to happen. Like, man, I just had this great, joyful celebration, but that just means something bad's going to happen next. Sometimes anxiety manifests as a sorrow of just kind of, man, you know what? Things aren't going to work. Things aren't going to go good. What if stuff just melts? What if stuff doesn't go the way? And sometimes it isn't irritability or anxiety. A lot of times it's actually we just avoid responsibility. We avoid responsibility because if, if control will give us peace, Here's what happens. We actually remove ourselves from things that are going to be difficult to control. I think we all can do this, but I think I've seen this especially in men. Maybe you should be working hard to get promoted, but you don't want to because what if I do this and I can't do it? What if I fail? What if I can't control it? Or relationships. Relationships are very uncontrollable, right? They're very messy. And so a lot of times, I don't want to enter into a relationship or engage deeply in a relationship because if I do, I can't control that. Sometimes guys, and I think, again, everybody does this, but I, I see it, at least in my conversations, particularly with men, is you find one thing that you're really good at and you just focus on that because you can control it. But if but if you enter into an area of responsibility or an area of life like relationships, man, that's too hard. I'll just go hang out in the garage or go play sports or go do something I'm really good at that I know about. I know the stats of ESPN and all that stuff, sporty things. I'm not really in sports. I know all the sports stuff, so I can master that, and I know about that. I feel safe there. But enter into relationships, whoa, I'm out of control there. Enter into faith? Oh, I don't know how to do that. Enter into growing and, and actually changing in some way? Ah, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to control that. And so sometimes, 
and you look at people's lives, they may look, uh, sometimes the people that are the biggest control freaks might actually look the most relaxed because they've actually cut themselves off from a lot of responsibility of where they should be, but don't because they want to manage what they can manage and control what they can control. Or sometimes it's just apathy. Maybe if you've lived like this for a while, if you've lived for a while of, man, I'll get, uh, I'll get peace in my life. I'll get peace in life through being able to control it. And, and you've tried to do that, but then it just doesn't work. And sometimes people, man, we just kind of lose any passion, just kind of half-hearted, maybe just have an idea of it's not going to work, so why try anyway? It's not going to work to schedule stuff, so why schedule it anyway? It's not going to work to have a plan, so why make a plan anyway? It's not going to work to, to pursue relationship with this person, so why try anyway? It's not going to work to work on this aspect of my life, so why try anyway? It's not going to work to, to um, help our marriage or our uh, friendship grow deeper, so why try anyway? And there can be an apathy that just kind of gives up. And again, that doesn't look like your typical controlling person. But underneath, peace is sought in being able to control life, but the person has just kind of given up. You know what? I think I'll have a peaceful life if I can control things, but it's not going to work anyway, so why even try? Why even, why even give it a shot? So this is, what, this is what the search for control to give us peace actually does. And underlying all those, Oftentimes, here's what happens with God. With God, when life doesn't go as planned and we look for peace and control, we can get angry at God. And God, my life's not going the way I thought it was going to go or the way I planned it to go. Maybe you're not good. Life's not going the way that I have tried to manage it to be able to go. So maybe you're not really good. Maybe you're not really there. Or some of the same things we go through with him. We get irritable with him. God, you're always doing this. Or we get anxious. What's God about to do in my life? Some of you, especially if you've grown up in the church and you, you know, think about God a lot, you can even start to think, okay, God's probably going to do something bad in my life. Get anxious even with God. Or you get apathetic with God. Just, okay, whatever. So, when we seek for peace in control, it doesn't really work. It doesn't work because ultimately there's going to be a time. There's going to be a time that your schedule gets thrown out the window because somebody does something. There's going to be a time that you get sick that you didn't plan for. There's going to be a time that a friend that you just built a close relationship with moves. There's going to be a time that there's a big fight in your relationship. There's going to be a time that those things happen. And so when we say, here's how I'll have peace in my life, I'll control it. Here's how I'll, here's how I'll experience peace. I'll be able to control life. It doesn't work. It doesn't work because no matter what we do, there will be a time. There will be a time, and it's predictably unpredictable when that time comes. It's not something that we can schedule. Solomon says there will be a time for building up and breaking down. There's going to be a time that 
you're rejoicing over something you just started in a time that you've got to cancel the whole thing. It's going to be a time that you are embracing, he says. You can think about that in sexual terms or just with friendship. There's a time that you are going to be embracing and a time when the embracing stops. When there's hurt and pain and arguing and fighting and ending of relationships, there's going to be a time, no matter how much you try to get peace in your life through controlling when things happen and when they don't, there will be a time that life is disrupted. And so he says, what's the use? What's the use then in trying? What's the use? And if you've ever felt like that, if you've ever felt kind of in your life, now what's, what's the use of trying? What's the use of trying to manage my life in some way? What's the use of trying to have a sense of peace or even have life go as planned? If you've ever felt, man, what's the use? That's, he gets it. And God gets it. Because God gave us this book to help us in a time just like that. So is there something better than that? What should we do? What, what should we do since life doesn't go as planned? What should we do to get a sense of peace since life doesn't go the way that we want it to go? Since this week, I'll just tell you now, you can call me like a fortune teller, this week will not go the way you want it to go. Something will go wrong this week from what you planned. And in your life, it's not going to go the way you want it to go. So what do we do? What do we do? What should we do? And here's the next thing he says. I perceived that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Also, that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift to man. There's nothing better than to be joyful, to do good, to eat, to drink, to take pleasure in all your work. This is God's gift to man. So, so what's he saying? He looks at life and he says, you know what? It doesn't go as planned. Things don't go the way I want them to go. I make this plan and it doesn't work. And you know what he says? He says, you, you take each day and you engage in it. You take each day and you still work hard and you still do good and you still enjoy it. You know what's going to happen? Life's not going to go as we plan it to go. So what do we do? Where you can just kind of throw in the towel and you can be anxious and obsessed. Or you can just say, you know what? Here, what can I do? I can, I can take as a gift from God each day and just engage in it. And, he, and here's what he's saying. You know what? You might get laid off tomorrow, but do a good job today. You might get a horrible call tomorrow that someone you love is deathly ill. But that doesn't mean today don't have a great stake and enjoy a celebration because you don't know. And he says, do good. You, you, might, you might help somebody. And the next month, they betray you. The next month, they tell you you're the worst friend ever. The next month, they, they slander you and gossip about you. So what do you do? He says, do good anyway, today, right now. Help people, love people. Sometimes we go, and why would I help this person when they're just going to do this anyway? Why would I love this person when, when I don't know how they're going to respond to me anyway? He says, you don't, but what can you do? Do good today anyway. 
You don't know that tomorrow you're not going to be having the worst day of your life. But what does that mean today? Take it as a gift today anyway. Celebrate today anyway. Do your job today anyway. Hang out with friends today anyway. But they might move next year. Yep. So hang out with them today anyway. You don't know what's going to happen. So what he says is, look, there's nothing better than to enjoy life, to do good, to do your work, to, to enjoy it. You might get sick tomorrow, but make plans for tomorrow anyway. I mean, you don't know what's going to happen. We can try to get peace by controlling our situation or being just cynical and forgetting about it. But he says, imagine if you had this perspective. Now, you weren't naive. This isn't a naive perspective. You're, you're not naive saying everything's going to go awesome. My life is going to be perfect. You're not naive, but you're also not cynical. You're not obsessed with controlling everything, but you're also not depressed that man, nothing's going the way I want it to go. Imagine if we had a perspective, both with our life as a whole, but even tomorrow and the next day and the next day, that we were able to say, you know what? I'm going to engage and live in this day. And when stuff goes unpredictably the way I don't want it to go, when life doesn't go the way I plan it to go, it's okay. It's okay. This is what he recommends to us there will be a time for sickness and for mourning and for things breaking and for getting laid off and for fighting and for there will be a time that that happens but engage in today live today so that's that's great that's how we all want to live but how do we how do we get that how do we get that kind of freedom to be able to live like that how do we get the freedom to be able to live peacefully in life no matter what happens? How do, how do we get the freedom to live peacefully in life no matter what happens in our life or even tomorrow when, when, when you show up and, and something didn't go the way you planned it to go? When, when you leave here today and, and you get a call about something that isn't going how you thought it was going to go, how could we actually live with the kind of peace that we see him recommend that says, look, just live today and enjoy it. How can we live with that kind of freedom that just says, you know what? This might happen or this might happen, but it's okay. Yes, there's a time to mourn and a time to dance and a time to laugh. And a time, Yep, and it's okay, whichever one happens. How do we live in that kind of freedom that he recommends? How can we have a peace that gives us this freedom when everything in our life shifts and everything in our life changes and we can't predict which is going to happen when how can we have a peace that gives us the freedom to just enjoy and do our best and celebrate and work hard how can we have that kind of peace and here's what he says when everything in our life is unpredictable when everything in our life is shifting we need something that anchors us we need something that is stable, something that is predictable, something that is known as a constant. And he directs us to God, and, and here's what he says. I perceive that whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it, nor anything taken from it. God has done it, so that 
people fear before him, which doesn't mean they're scared of him, but that they worship him, that they are in awe of him. That which is already has been, that which is to be already has been, and God seeks what has been driven away. Here's what he says. Here's what we need. When everything in our life changes and is unpredictable, what we need is to focus on God. We need to know His character. And, and here, here's what He has told us, and here, here's what we've seen in both this poem, but in the other two chapters that we've looked at, that everything, the best that the world has to offer under the sun, and He uses that phrase a lot, that the best the world has to offer under the sun, the best wisdom runs out. Five years from now, we think things different than we used to think. And the best work runs out. It doesn't fulfill the way we thought it would fulfill, or it doesn't ultimately lead to what we thought it would lead to. The best pleasures run out. And that when you experience life, and when you live life, and you pursue things, they don't go as planned, that, that your plans run out, and your control runs out, and that things change, and things shift, and what we need he said, is something constant, something that doesn't change, something that endures no matter what. See, in my life, and maybe some of you have lived uh, like me, and I think we've all experienced this to some degree, but in my life, there's been so much change. As a kid, I moved every few years. My parents got divorced, so there's change in family, and, and then there's change in jobs, and I've lived in multiple different cities, and there's change in, in coming out here where we didn't know anybody four and a half years ago, and a whole new place, and a whole new area of the country, and a whole new, I mean, just so much change has happened in my life. Friends that I had that I don't have anymore, and people I thought I would know for the rest of my life that I don't know anymore, and, and many of us have lived that to some degree or more. Everything ultimately is unpredictable and it shifts and it changes, but there's one constant. There's one anchor in the middle of all the things that don't go as we plan them to go, in the middle of all the things that don't go the way that we want them to go. He says, God, what He does, His work, endures forever. It doesn't shift and it doesn't change and nothing, it's as good as it gets. Nothing gets added to it, nothing gets taken away from it. It is what it is. He is who He is. In the middle of everything shifting and changing in our lives, in the middle of this didn't go how I planned it to go, and this didn't go how I planned it to go, He says, God is the same. God doesn't change. And in fact, God allows our lives to be frustrated sometimes. For things not to go the way that we planned them to go. The big things and the small things. What if we actually understood that God allows things in our life not to go the way we want them to go? To help us see that those can be a false sense of security. To help us see that we're not really in control. What if God allows things in our lives to be unpredictable? To even frustrate us so we would know those things are not my ultimate security. Those things I can't have as a foundation. Those things that I'm not in control. He says that God does this to draw us to know Him, to worship Him, to draw us to Him as the only one that is stable. 
the only one that is constant, the only one that does endure, the only one that is the same yesterday, today, and forever, as Hebrews, the book in the Bible, says about Jesus. Only God is constant. Everything else in your life may not go as you plan it to go. Everything else in your life will be unpredictable. Only God is constant. There's no up with Him. There's no, he doesn't have a good day and a bad day. He's not sometimes going to be like this, and sometimes going to, it's not sometimes going to listen to you, and sometimes going to avoid you. The best friend that you've ever had in your life, and the best friend that humanity could ever produce, will let you down. The best friends I've ever had in my life have let me down. And I have, have had great friends. And you're like, you need to get better friends. I mean, I've had great friends. But the best friends that the world could ever produce ultimately will not be able to say, whatever I do endures forever. And I will always be constant, faithful, and true. Only God is constant no matter what. Only God has no variation up, down, in the middle of our unpredictable life. The way to get peace isn't control. And it's not understanding so that we can control. And it's not just forget about it, apathy and cynicism. The way to get, the way to get peace, the way to have a freedom that says, you know, whatever happens to me, it's okay. If my life doesn't go the way I plan it to go, it's okay. The only way to have that is to have a constant, to have an anchor, to have a foundation in the middle of everything else changing or being unpredictable around us. And often we're confused. We don't know why, I don't, we don't, I mean, on this, on, on, we don't know why life didn't turn out the way we planned it to. We don't know why this week it's going to happen to you. You don't know why, man, why didn't this work? God, if you're in control, why doesn't this happen? But you know what he also says about God? He makes all things beautiful. And he makes all things beautiful in their time. That though we can be confused and though we don't understand and though things are unpredictable around us, he says, look, here's what you need. There's a constant. You need to, you need to have a constant. You need to know God. You need to know he's in control. And even when you don't understand everything happening, he makes things beautiful. We might not see things made beautiful. We might not understand, but he says he makes things beautiful. The answer isn't to control things. The answer is actually to surrender and say, I'm not in control. The answer in the unpredictable nature of life and things frustrating us and confusing us and not going as we planned, the answer isn't, I need control to have peace. It's I need to surrender and trust to have peace. Paul and the New Testament writes this about his life and all the crazy things that happened to him and all the unpredictable nature of his life and all the ups and downs of his life. Here's what he says about Jesus being that constant. He says some horrible stuff in his life that he calls a thorn in the flesh, and we don't know what it is, but he says, three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. God, take this away from my life. I don't want this. This isn't how I planned my life to go. This isn't how I wanted my life to go. This isn't how I expected my life to go. And he pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. 
for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, Paul says, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Not his power, not his control, but he's willing to say, I'm weak. So he can experience the strength and the power of Christ. For the sake of Christ, then, I'm content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. See, he, he goes through the list of things that Solomon gives to us and says, I can live life in all those things. Not because I'm in control of them, but because I've been willing to surrender and say, I'm weak. And you are powerful. You are strong. You are constant. I'm not. And here's the thing that God, that I think is a beautiful thing from God. God would not invite us, Jesus would not invite us to lean into his strength if he didn't know that we were weak. See, Jesus knows that you're weak. He knows that you're scared. He knows that life is shaky for you sometimes. He knows that life hasn't gone exactly the way that you wanted it to go. He knows that you wanted a spouse and don't have one. He knows that you wanted kids and don't have them. He knows that you wanted friends and, and don't have them. He knows that sometimes you are filled with tears and that you are mourning. He knows that there's days that you are sick and, and wonder if you'll ever change. Or he knows that, that there's weakness in us. He knows that, that we experience all the shifting and changing of life and get frustrated. He knows that sometimes we long for the past and what is better or what could have been. He knows all of that. And he doesn't tell us, here's what the future is going to hold. Or here's how you can manage it. He tells us his character. He says, I'm constant. And I know you're weak. And I'll be strong for you. And I'll be there with you. And I'll make things beautiful. That's what he tells us. Look, he knows. He wouldn't tell Paul and he wouldn't tell us about his strength if he didn't know our weakness. But when life goes off course and it doesn't go as we plan it to go, that's when we most find Him. That's what Paul says. It's when we're weak. It's when, we're, when life is out of control. That's when we most can experience His character. So here's what this means as we close. It means when life doesn't go the way that we plan it to go, when your weak doesn't go the way you plan it to go, go to Him, not from Him. Press into him, not further away from him. And it means this, if you've, if you've been somebody that's tried to get a sense of peace in life through control, to even just speak that to God, to tell him, God, I confess I've tried to find peace in controlling everything and being strong and being able to manage it. And confess that to others too, that you've affected in your life through that. And then grow in understanding God like this, that He's the one that makes things beautiful and He's your constant. He's your rock, your refuge, your strength, your foundation. Grow in, in understanding that part of who He is. And when we take communion, we remember that Jesus had His body broken and He had His blood shed on the cross. And, and, he, and here's what that helps us with even as we think about this topic. 
we can sometimes wonder, how do I know that God's going to make things beautiful? Or how do I know that he's really in control? How do I know that even with his control, that it's for me? And when we look at the cross, what we see is that Jesus entered into a world that was out of control. That Jesus entered into a place that was chaos. And he enters into our lives that are chaos. And, and yet, in grace, he was willing to submit himself to weakness. That God became man. Why? To forgive us of our sins. To bring us into his family. To cleanse us. To make us right with him. And so when we look at the cross, here's what we can say. I know you're for me. I know that you being in control is good. I know you making things beautiful is good. I know your strength is better than my strength because you are willing to become weak for me. So when we take communion, this is what we remember and this is what we celebrate. Pray with me. Father, thank you for these truths. Thank you that we can be weak because you are strong. Thank you that... um, even though life doesn't go the way that any of us have planned for it to go or any of us have wanted it to go, even though life is unpredictable for us, even though we don't understand those things and and how they happen and why they happen, God, I I thank you that we can look to you and, and know that you're good and that you make things beautiful and that you are for us and you are willing to give yourself to us to, to show that, to prove that and to bring us into your family, and to cleanse us, and forgive us, and all of the, the great work that you did, that so much, God, in our lives is unpredictable. But you are the same, and you are constant, and what you do endures. So help us as we sing, and as we take communion, to have these truths go deeper into our hearts. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.